You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, welcome back from that quick break. Nick, we were just talking about some of the games we watched this past weekend. I know you, uh, particularly, were watching, uh, you know, obviously you watched all the games, but uh, there was one position that you were watching, um, and, and I know you wanted to talk about that. So what, what position was that, uh, and what maybe stood out about it this weekend? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I obviously, being a defensive guy, I'm, I'm watching all the positions, but I went back and looked at every particular every game, and there was one particular position that really stood out, and it was the tight end position, right? You look at every game. I mean, Mark Andrews for the the Ravens, and obviously we know know Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley's in there. I mean, Andrews he's going to get his touches, but then you look at T.J. Hawkinson, right, for Minnesota Vikings, Evan Ingram for the Jacksonville Jaguars, right, uh, Gerald Everett for for the Chargers. All those guys were uh, involved in the offense. Donna Palmer uh, for the Chargers as well. Dalton Knox. Yeah, so, yes. So, yeah. So, so, so I thought about this. Like during the regular season, there was so much emphasis on the quarterback's relationships with the wide receivers. But we get to the postseason and it's, it's wild card weekend. And then, no, it's all about the tight end position because so much attention is being paid outside the numbers to the wide receivers. There are so many yards in between the hashes, behind the linebackers, in front of the safeties that were not really exploited and taken advantage of. So it, it brings me to what Kansas City has done effectively with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, that relationship. When you get to the playoffs, that relationship has to grow because the idea is that you have to play great defense and you have to run the ball. Those things are important, right? As the cliche goes, those things need to travel. But what needs to be added to that is getting your tight end involved. Somehow it's just like tight ends are just lost in the mix. They don't really get involved in the offense. And watching each one of these teams, whether you won or lost, the tight ends were the leading pass receivers of, of each one of these teams. And I looked back and I was like, wait a minute. That's crazy. That's nuts. But it's not. It is a lesson for all the every single team moving forward but most importantly for the Broncos, which made me think. Eric Salbert, I believe, is on that list to be an uh, unrestricted free agent, right? And then we saw Albert Okawebunam not use the majority of the season. Then, you know, in the Kansas City game, he dropped two early balls. He caught a touchdown. He had to double-clutch that one. But we didn't really see him involved in the Broncos' offense for the Chargers game. So it got me to thinking, these are the positions that the Broncos – need to accentuate and the next OC needs to be uh, I guess a tight end centric 
or have a tight end centric mind state because that would help the Broncos offense move the ball down the field at a higher rate. I think it's a great point, Nick. I, I didn't really think about it. Obviously, the uh, the league has you've seen that over the past few years. I think a lot of t- it, it's a copycat league, right? You hear that all right. the time. And obviously, the Chiefs were were kind of the I don't know if they were the first ones, but they started using the tight end more than really anybody in terms of what they're doing with Travis Kelsey. And I think you've seen a lot of teams try to replicate that by drafting guys that are you know similar size, similar speed those sorts of things and and you've seen them excel i mean you mentioned it mark andrews has become one of the best tight ends in the league george kittle uh in san francisco uh you've got hawkinson who's had a great year for the vikings right um you've got all these big tight ends uh that that have been playing really well for some of the best teams and i think it's a very interesting point that whoever comes in here you hope that they can be somebody that can can find the best out of a guy like greg dulcich right Right. Um, you know, who who showed flashes this year as a rookie that he can be really good. And uh, I think that that's going to be really important moving forward. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with like a guy like Albert O, right, who I believe is coming up on the last year of his deal. Uh, you mentioned Eric Saber. I wonder if they go out and they get try and get somebody else in free agency uh, or maybe they try to draft another tight end. Uh, it seems like every single year you're also seeing it in college, right? More teams are using tight ends. And so you're seeing tight ends come, you know, up through the draft. I mean, even it was just a few years ago that the Broncos drafted Noah Fant in the first round, right? Like, it's not often you you draft a tight end in the first round. You're now seeing it be kind of a common thing. I mean, you talk about the guys for Georgia. I don't know if you watched the national championship and, and the college football playoffs, but they had some dudes at tight end that were like, these guys are ridiculous. I mean, they had, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Darnell Washington kid who's like six foot seven, you know, and then you've got Brock Bowers, who I think he's still only a sophomore, but he looks like an NFL player out there. And then you even think about, uh, I think it was two years ago, that Michael Pitts, right, was drafted yeah. by Atlanta. So I think the tight end position is becoming one of the most valuable ones in football, Nick. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, if the Broncos can can start to use that. One thing I wanted to mention, Nick, and I mentioned it at the top of the show about these pack, past weekend games, and I wanted to get your take on it just briefly, was uh, the thing that I noticed, I, I didn't watch the positions like you did, but uh, it seemed like every game, Nick, w- w- they were they were talking about a uh, first time head coach or uh, a guy that, uh, you know, came in and, and changed the culture right away. And you, you think about Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson. Right. Uh, some of these coaches, Mike McDaniel lost, uh, Kevin O'Connell lost. But some of these coaches that made the playoffs in their first year with their team uh, and, and you even look at the guys that won. You, Three of three of the four, right? The four that I just mentioned: Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, uh, Brian Dayball, and uh, Doug Peterson. Three of those four, Nick, didn't even interview for the Broncos job last year, and that was where my head was at watching some of these games. It's like, man, the Broncos last cycle didn't even didn't even interview some of these guys that are in the playoffs and having you know great years. I mean, Brian Dayball might win Coach of the Year. He didn't even interview for the job, if I believe I, I believe that's correct. And then Doug Peterson who's somebody I thought they should have definitely interviewed last year uh, has done a remarkable job with the Jaguars. It also tells you how bad of a job urban Meyer was doing, Uh, but you know, it's that to me was kind of like, man, they really whiffed on some of the coaches last year. I don't know. I I don't know if you had that same thought, but that was kind of my thought watching some of these games this past weekend was uh, they missed on a lot of guys last year. And also you look at it and go, well, if they hit right this year, that could be them next year getting to the playoffs, making some of these runs uh, and being successful. 
Well, George, a lot of that is hindsight being 2020. Uh, when organizations start looking for new head coaches, they have their own list of guys that they want to interview that they feel as though they personally jail with, right? It's like if I get along with that guy based on a prior relationship with uh, three, three degrees or 360 degrees of separation, as they call it, then I want to bring in that guy, right? Because I want someone that I like and I would like being around. And sometimes some of the guys that you mentioned may not have fallen in that category with uh, the Broncos ownership at that time. And remember, it was George Payton uh, along with the trust, right, that was trying to find another head coach. And, and who's to say that when you're working with a group like that, if you're George Payton, you get a chance to bring in a, someone that you want to bring in. It doesn't always happen in that particular way, but we can always look back at the situation and say, well, these three coaches, four coaches, uh, made it to the playoffs, three of which were first-time head coaches, and these are the guys that the Broncos should have hired. It goes back to fit. Does that coach fit our current locker room, right? And, and maybe that mindset should be flipped, right, uh, on, the, on his head. But we'll see how this thing works out for the Broncos uh, this time around. Just like coaches, you interview the first time, you hope to be better the second time. And with George Payton being in this situation, but Greg Penner really running the show, let's see how they look at this situation. What are some of the top priorities? We broke them down in this podcast earlier. Is it just years of experience? Is it how they perform with a certain type of quarterback or defense? Is it based on height? Uh, which ones uh, are kind of really building the enthusiasm for the fan base, right? And we know, we, we see that all the time in, in every sport. You know, the fans get hyped and excited about this particular coach, but is that coach the right person for the organization? These are the things, once, once again, should be at the forefront of the ownership mind, right? A coach that's going to help you sleep at night, not because it was a lot of hype surrounding, it's because the pedigree, everything that comes with that coach, the characteristics, all of those things you know, were checked. Those boxes were checked, per se, by the coach. Those are the kind of the most important things. But I can easily see how this changes the trend. You get three coaches in the playoffs that never had head coaching experience. Hey, listen, I get that. But I think it's something very unique about each one of those coaches that they were able to do that maybe some first-time coaches may not have been looked at in that particular way previously. Yeah, I mean – like you said, hindsight is 2020, but I still would have interviewed Doug Peterson. That would that one to me was like, what, why would you not interview him? Same with Dayball. I, I thought Dayball was a home run hire by the Giants. But um, Nick, before we get into some of these these games this weekend, I did want to ask you. I know you you watch the tight end position. You watch some of these games. We just talked about some of these these new head coaches. Was there were there any coaches that maybe you know defensive coordinator, offensive coordinators, any coaches out there uh, that you're like, man. They did a really good job this week. Maybe the Broncos should add them to the candidate list. I know Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants, uh, is being interviewed for a couple jobs. Uh, I know this weekend, obviously, the Eagles didn't play, and neither did the Chiefs, but they've got some coordinators obviously interviewing for jobs. Eric Bieniemy, Shane Steichen for the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon for the Eagles as well. Is there anybody that, that jumped out to you this week and they're like, hey, they should interview that guy. That guy is doing a pretty good job. You know, no, not really. I mean, the only person you would say, obviously, I said it already, would be Dan Quinn. 
And just looking at how uh, their defense has played all season long, but also um, they definitely played against uh, Tampa Bay um, and Tom Brady. So I, that's kind of an obvious. D'Amico Ryans, of course, you could toss him out there because when you look at San Francisco's defense, uh, they have been stellar all season long. But when you have Mr. Relevant as your quarterback, and all he has to do is throw for, I don't know, he can throw for less than 200 yards and you still win the game. That That is significant because that means that your defense is turning the ball over, but they're also stopping the opponents uh, from scoring. And I know you look at the Seattle game, Seattle score 23 points. But for me, San Francisco, they were in control of that game the entire time. But it boils down to what's your cup of tea, George? You know, what, what, what is it that you uh, like? What, what makes you smile? Uh, every day is it a defensive coach knowing as though he can coach his guys and get them to go out there and play well and he can stop opposing offenses or it's about lighting it up how many points can we score right and the broncos haven't really scored that many points over the past couple of years whether it was drew lock teddy bridgewater or even russell this past year so they want someone to kind of light it up so it's it's where do you stand when you look at the coaching position, but a lot of these games were great. And, you know, a lot of points were scored, a lot of points were given up. So I just can't really look at this past week's slate of games and say, well, that defensive coordinator did a great job. This offensive coordinator did a great job and they should be in the running for the Broncos head coaching position, even though they're not. You just have to look at the the, the entire season to kind of gauge that. And, you know, D'Amico Ryans and, and Dan Corn would be the two guys that you have to kind of take a look at and throw out there. Yeah, I mean, the, both those guys had really good weekends, right? Um, you know, I, I thought that D'Amico Ryan's, their defense looked great. Obviously, they had a big play there with the the strip sack there towards the end of the game. And then obviously, Dan Quinn was phenomenal yesterday in that, that Cowboys defense. So going to be an interesting couple weeks, Nick, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what the, the search looks like. Like I said, they've got four more interviews this week. I still think we're a week or two away from them actually finding a head coach. I think we'll get some, maybe some finalists announced maybe this weekend or early next week. They'll do those second interviews. Uh, and again, large, I mean, if the Cowboys make a run to the Super Bowl, right, they may not be able to hire a guy like Dan Quinn until after the Super Bowl. So that that could play a factor in terms of the timeline here of when they actually hire somebody. So definitely going to be an interesting couple of weeks. We'll keep you guys updated for that. Nick, before we get out of here, who do you got? Who do you like in these uh, these divisional round games? You've got uh, Bills, Bengals. Uh, you've got uh, 49ers and Cowboys, uh, Eagles, Giants. Uh, and obviously the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Who do you like in all these games? Well, it's early in the week, uh, so a lot of things can change before the games actually take place. But based on how San Francisco has played on both sides of the ball, the addition of Christian McCaffrey, I, I got to go with the, the, the 49ers. It just seems as though with all the adversity that they've experienced all season, season long, it's like they, they're destined to kind of either get back to the Super Bowl or be one game from the Super Bowl. Now, that Bengals, uh Buffalo game, see, that's kind of an interesting, that's a wild card because the last time we saw these teams, you know, where we had the DeMar Hamlin situation, you worry about uh, maybe uh, how things are going to impact the players from an emotional standpoint. What will the Bills be fired up to overtake this game? Because the last time we saw, once again, the score was 7-3 to three in the first quarter with the Bengals on the drive again. It didn't seem like the the Bills' defense can stop Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense. So that was going to be interesting. The Giants, 
and the Eagles, right? Two teams that absolutely hate one another, right? But I'm going to go with the, the Eagles, right? Fly, Eagles, fly. I know Daniel Jones was exceptional, you know, in, in his first game for Di- Brian Dayball and so was Saquon Barkley. But when you, when you look at the fact of what Nick Sirianni, what they've been able to do with the Eagles and put that defense together, going out, adding pieces, this was kind of the right time. If, this, if it doesn't happen for Philly now, it's never going to happen. Let's, let's be totally honest. And then, oh, Kansas City and the Jags. I would love to say Kansas City, but there's something about the underdogs in Jacksonville as they came back against the Chargers that still gives me hope that maybe Trevor Lawrence might be able to pull this off. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Chiefs. I, they're kind of they've been my Super Bowl pick most of the year. Um, I do think the Jags though they give me kind of those like uh, Giants vibes, those Giants teams that would just sneak into the playoffs and just mess everything up, right? Uh, <laughs> they they kind of give me that vibe that they they're just going to be a pain in the ass for everybody. And and you know I think the Chiefs have shown that they're very vulnerable at times. Uh, yeah, they get beat. They kind of screw around a few times and. Uh, let teams in the game. So I, I I think the Chiefs win, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Jaguars pull off a stunner there. Uh, Bills-Bengals, I think, is maybe the game of the weekend. I think the Bills are the better team. It's just a matter of can Josh Allen not turn the ball over. Uh, you know, if they had Von Miller, I would really like them in this game because the Bengals' offensive line is a disaster right now, just as it was a year ago. Maybe Joe Burrow can make some spectacular plays. Maybe they can get some help from the defense like they did this last week with that big touchdown against the Ravens. Uh, but I like the Bills in that game. Uh, 49ers-Cowboys I think is also going to be a great game. I think the Cowboys can score uh, and maybe keep up with the 49ers. I do, though. I think you're right. I think the 49ers, man, they're a machine right now. What they're doing right with Brock Purdy, they've got so many weapons on offense. I think it's going to be too much for the Cowboys. Uh, and then you've got the number one defense, and I do think that they'll get enough stops. Uh, against the Cowboys. So I, I like the 49ers. And then Eagles-Giants, man, I like the Giants. I like the way they played this last week. But the Eagles are also my other Super Bowl pick in terms of getting there. I think they've played great all year. I think it kind of depends. I, mean, I don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts is, right? Uh, I don't think anybody really knows. But if he's healthy, I like the Eagles. That that group's been really good all year. Uh, so I, I, I like them uh, this week, especially you know on the defensive side. They, they've played really good football on that side. Like you said, defense wins championships, and I think that an Eagles 49ers matchup in the NFC Championship would be electric, just as much as Bills Chiefs would be in the AFC. And honestly, any of the matchups would be great, but I think those are kind of the two matchups that I've been looking forward to really all year. Uh, so it would it would be fun to see. But uh, Nick, let's get out of here. We, we went a little long uh, today. I'm sure we'll talk more about some of those games later this week on Thursday. Uh, but thanks to everybody for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe and like the podcast. We will be back later this week to talk more coaching search, uh, more divisional round games, uh, and some other stuff in the future, maybe some free agency stuff like that. But uh, uh, that's it for this week's episode, and we'll see you guys later uh, this week on Thursday.